Hi, and welcome back to Brentwood Stories. Today is the first episode of the new Brentwood Bios miniseries, where, as you might have guessed, we feature a memorable member of the Brentwood community. Some individuals have grown up here, and even more have found themselves an inseparable part of the Brentwood community through their lives and actions. For today's interview, me and past Brentwood Stories guest Celia Vollmer check in with Robert Canner, a former page and library clerk currently working for the Brentwood School District. Me and Celia, Robert's former supervisor, catch up with Robert as he shares some of his memories of Brentwood. My name is Rob Kennert. I worked for the Brentwood Library from 2002 till 2015, uh, which feels ages ago, but it also feels like just yesterday at the same time. Um, I left in 2015 to pursue my teaching career, uh, which I've been doing for seven years now. I'm in Brooklyn, New York, teaching physical education and health. I also coach uh, two sports as well. Which sports are those? I coach varsity girls softball and JV boys basketball. Great. So Rob, what made you apply for a job at the library? Why did you come here? So I knew a lot of people um, that were my age and older that were working and they weren't too happy with their job. A lot of them did retail. A lot also did fast food restaurants and they spoke about it and um, they shared how they weren't too happy with their experience working there. Um, I knew a, a couple of people that were working at the library they said it was a great job, so I decided to apply for it, and I was fortunately hired. So what did you do early on at Brentwood Library? So when I started in 2002, I started as a, a, a page, and uh, that just uh, entailed taking care of the collection, making sure it's in orderly fashion, and also putting the books on the shelf as well. And if there were patrons that needed assistance with anything, I assisted them. Uh, I also helped out with the, uh, the office. We had to do mail runs. Um, we had to make photocopies for people that needed large jobs. So the job was very large and vast. Now, over the years, I was your supervisor and uh... Part of the experiences that we had for uh, staff members in the circulation and page department was working with some of the volunteers and interns at the library. Some of them were interns with special needs. How did those experiences working with teens and adults with special needs help you in your current career? Uh, it, it helped me tremendously because, you know, when you're when you're in physical education, it, it doesn't matter if a student is special ed, special needs, regular ed, um, you know, somewhere in between, you have to service them. And you don't necessarily need a special ed certification. So we're taught and we're trained how to deal with a vast variety of needs. And, you know, as research shows, you know, uh, physical activity and exercise, um, you know, helps students and people with, um, you know, mental illnesses or mental disabilities, physical disabilities. So, um, you know, working with um, 
folks who are special needs when I was younger really, really prepared me for what I was going to do later on. And when I was in high school, I wasn't too sure I wanted to teach. Back before I decided I wanted to teach, I wanted to be a physical therapist. So, um, you know, that I kind of shied away from, and then I decided I wanted to teach. But it's funny, um, working with students with special needs at the Brentwood Library, that actually propelled me for a next step that I would have taken between teaching full-time and subbing. Um, I got involved with one of the job coaches. Um, I spoke to her and I asked how to get involved in her career because I needed something more stable in my life. Um, you know, subbing isn't very stable. So I needed to get something that was more consistent. So I, after speaking to one of the job coaches, she put me in contact with her boss and I was a job coach for a year before I started my full-time career. So that added another experience to my, my skill set. That's awesome. While you worked here, um, we participated with the Suffolk County Probation Department in supervising teens who committed minor crimes and were sentenced to community service in lieu of incarceration. And it kept many, many teens in the surrounding community and in Brentwood out of jail. Many were hired after they completed their community service. Besides the basic job duties, what did you teach or talk to them about while you were supervising them and shadowing them? This was a really important program in this community. And did you learn anything from them? I, I did learn a lot, actually. And I didn't pry too much into what they did. And um, some of them actually just opened up to me and they explained, you know, why they were there. And um, they, they realized they did wrong. And um, they actually enjoyed their experience um, doing community service at the library because they, they, they felt that they were doing something productive and they were giving back to the community, especially after doing something negative towards the community. They, they knew and they were cognizant of the fact that they were making amends with community and doing something to give back to the community. One of the things that I really remember about you when I supervised you that you had an incredible amount of patience. Patience with your coworkers, patience with um, people with special needs who needed a little more attention or had some anxiety working here at the library or in their personal lives. And also the kids who came for community service including teens who came for community service requirements for graduation. How did you develop that patience level and how does it serve you now in your life? So patience is something that a lot of people don't have. And, you know, growing up, people weren't very patient with me. Um, you know, so it's just, you kind of, um, remember how you felt when someone wasn't patient with you and you really have to make sure that you need to be patient with people because you don't know how they're feeling. You don't know what they're going through in their lives. 
you know, um, trauma, um, if they have special needs, you really don't know that um, because we, we really didn't delve far into that because of HIPAA and FERPA laws. We weren't supposed to know that someone had a, um, you know, a special need of any sort. So you just have to treat people kindly with respect and going into the world of teaching, especially now post COVID or still kind of during COVID, a lot of people lost family members, lost loved ones, and you really don't know what they're going through. So you really have to give them some patience, some time to kind of get acclimated, especially now that we're all back in person now, remote is done in New York City. We were going on uh, last year. So you have to give people an opportunity to adjust and, and get back to normal. So patience in the field of education is, is paramount, very important. Very interesting. Another question for you, Rob. Um, Broward does have uh, one of the most diverse groups of staff members on Long Island. Um, what benefits did he experience working with such a diverse group of uh, people? You know, I must say that is something I'm very, very proud about. I'm proud to say that I grew up in Brentwood due to that diversity, because when you go out into the real world, you're not going to just be around one um, type of de demographic. You're going to have to work with a vast um, variety of people. And you, you learn a lot of different things. You learn about different cultures. You learn um, what their customs are, what are the do's and don'ts with um, talking to people of certain cultures. You learn that you shouldn't shake hands with, with um, the opposite gender of certain cultures. So you, you, you learn a lot and it, it prepares you, especially if you're going to work in New York City, because New York City is very, very... Um, uh, there's a variety of different cultures in New York City. So you learn a lot and it really, really prepared me for what was going to happen on later on in life. Are there any um, meaningful friendships or relationships that you developed over at the library that you've maybe carried over since then? I, I've carried over a, a few, yes. Um, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Fernando Wong, who uh, worked at the Brentwood Library around the time that I was there, um, who served the Marines. He left for a little while to serve our country, which I appreciate. I, lo I love our military. I love our armed forces. Uh, so anyone who's listening, I appreciate your service and I thank you for your service. Um, he's a friend that I've had for a really long time. We still talk now. We get together, we go to concerts, we go to some shows. Um, another colleague, Adabel, um, who's now a librarian over there. Uh, we, we go to shows as well once in a while. It's been a couple of years since I've seen her, but um, those are two very good friends that I have still to this day. What would you say is some of your favorite moments while working here at the library? Uh, one of my favorite moments um, would be working down in the computer department because it, it gave me an opportunity to teach people skills that they, they didn't have before they came uh, to us. Um, you know, technology is ever growing, ever changing. 
And if you're someone that didn't grow up with that technology or is just learning it for the very first time, I was able to teach them some skills um, to better give them a better experience while they're at the library and um, not be so frustrated. And again, teaching, it prepared me to um, to teach people and, you know, get ready for my career that I was trying to pursue. Now, how many years were you a page because you were promoted to a library clerk? Yes. And coincidentally, uh, <laughs> I was actually promoted in October uh, 2004 or five, I, I believe it was 2004 of October. So this is an anniversary interview for, for me. <laughs> so it, I was, I was paged for about two years, two and a half years. And then I, I, I got the phone call. And when I got the phone call, I actually thought I was in trouble because I was called down on my day <laughs> off for, for, for my, uh, my promotion. But uh, they they tipped me off. They were like, don't worry, everything's okay. I was like, okay, okay. So I was like shaking and then and then they told me that I was promoted. So it was it was it was really good, really good time. And I'm I'm very thankful for, for that opportunity. That's fun. What would you say to someone that, that might be interested in, in working over here at the library? I would say go for it. You know, don't you know, don't think twice. In general, if you're thinking about doing something, just do it. Take the shot. You, you'll never, you'll never know what it's like until you actually sit there and you do it. You might like it. You might decide this is for me. I want to do this as a career for the rest of my life. So you won't know until you do it. We have uh, sponsored many blood drives over the decades with Long Island Blood Services. And what motivated you to donate blood? while you're a staff <laughs> member here. And for those who don't know, he has returned almost every single blood drive that we have had since he left Brownwood Public Library. That's right. I have my gallon card uh, and I actually donated when I was at work uh, a couple of years ago. And I, I went to all my students and I was flashing around my, my gallon club card. <laughs> I said, look at me, I'm in the gallon club. <laughs> So, you know, the, the main thing is, is helping people, you know, I, I always love helping people. And when you learn what your blood can do, you know, it's not just about people that need blood, there's people that need platelets because of clotting uh, disorders that they have. So I learned, I learned more about the body donating blood, because the people that I interacted with, you know, the, the phlebotomists that take your blood, they tell you what it's for. And, you know, there was a few times that I went and they said, they started bringing in the ALIC machine to do plasma. Right. They asked if I wanted to do the plasma donations. And just by asking questions, you learn more. So I'd say, well, what's that for? You know, and they would tell me and I'd say, all right, well, what does it entail? So they explain and I said, let's do it. You know, and the, the library was great with being flexible and allowing us to do that and, and take the time to help someone out. And now, now the people need blood more than ever. I'm getting text messages almost every week how, how much of a shortage there is. Yes, it's there is. Yes. Terrible. So I, I need to get back out there and I need to, to donate more because it has been some time.
Oh, that's incredible. So um, what plans are there for, for you in the future? So the future, we are going through a little bit of a transition at my school right now. Um, my principal is leaving. Um, I'm not sure when. I'm hearing either by January or definitely by the end of the year. Definitely by the end of the year, we're losing him and we're losing a, an assistant principal. Uh, my current athletic director is looking to move into the assistant principal role. And right now I'm kind of being um, in the shadows of him, uh, shadowing him and helping him out with the athletic director um, uh, job and just assisting him because he's a he's also a tech person right now. So with all the tech stuff that he has to do, he doesn't have time to really do the uh, administration portion of uh, the athletic direct, athletic director job. So I'm kind of um, shadowing him and kind of learning that role. And um, I'm most likely going to be moving into that role um, next year, possibly. That's wonderful. That's very exciting. One of the benefits that a lot of kids who come to work at the library or even clerical staff that come into the library don't realize that uh, they have that opportunity to go into the New York State pension system as part of their benefits of working at a civil service library. How is that going to help you over time? Uh, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. Uh, one of the best things I did as a teenager was when I was filling out all my paperwork after getting my promotion and um, Mrs. Girk uh, asked me if I wanted to pay into the pension program, the best thing I ever did was say yes, because I was able to take that, um, you know, everything that I put into that pension program and transfer it to my TRS. Okay, so now, now I'm in tier four. Everyone that started with me when I was, uh, when I first got my job as a teacher in 2015, I started out tier six. Now, the, the tiers are very, very different, as you both know. And yes. it, there's a drastic difference between tier four and tier six, because that changes the amount of years that you have to put in and the age in which you can retire. So instead of having to wait 30 years and when I'm 62 to retire, I'm in the 55-25 program and I can retire. I'll have my time before my age, thanks to being in the library. Thanks for, thanks to contributing um, into that program and being able to transfer everything over. So between being in the library, subbing, I was in the New York State Teachers Retirement System. So combining all three systems together, I already have 13 years in the system and i've only been working seven so you know while everyone that was hired with me is still working i'll, I'll be down in florida somewhere <laughs> in, enjoying my retirement you know if i'm lucky to retire when i'm 55 i may not want to retire who knows you, you never know what's going to happen it's so difficult to explain this to teens and i don't think a lot of people can look that far forward uh, to retirement, uh, but many do and take advantage of that. And you'll be one of those people. 
if you were to retire down the line, what do you think you would want to do as your second career? Oh man, second career. Wow. Um, well, I, I'll, it will most likely be in the world of fitness. You know, ah. I really, I really think fitness is very, very important. It's under the umbrella of physical education. We do mm -hmm. all the games and sports and everything to keep people fit, but I'm not really an athlete anymore. I, I mean, I play sports here and there. I really don't have time to join teams anymore, unfortunately, between, you know, working until six, seven o'clock sometimes and doing my long commute home. Um, I, I just like going to the gym now and I just like competing against myself and just, you know, setting the bar higher each and every time I go to the gym. So I, I think down the line, once I retire from teaching, I'll be in teaching, but it would be on a more one-on-one -on -one level and uh, probably just personal training uh, when I retire from teaching. I do remember that I would have to pull away a lacrosse stick from you frequently <laughs> in the library. Um, that I think that probably was the sport that you enjoyed the most. Um, does that bring you joy to teach in you know in your school sports that you really enjoyed so passing on your knowledge I, I i do love it i i really enjoy it a lot and you know i i teach a lot of sports that students never even heard of um at our school or they've heard of it but they never really had an opportunity to experience it so that brings me a lot of joy but what's funny that you mentioned that is um, the reason why I went into teaching is because I wanted to coach lacrosse. And now the funny part is I'm very far from the person that made me want to get into the career because I'm not coaching lacrosse right now. I'm coaching girls softball and boys basketball. The, the Softball and baseball were the total opposite of what lacrosse players wanted to do. But um, if I had to choose a second sport to do during the spring, it would definitely be baseball because I'm a big baseball fan. But it's funny because I'm not coaching lacrosse anymore. And that's the reason why I wanted to go into the profession. But that is a, one of my favorite pastimes. It will always be my favorite pastime. And I hope to, to get back to that and be able to coach lacrosse. And I actually turned down a job because it was in Manhattan. And that, that's a way, way big commute for me because yes. I'm in Brooklyn and Brooklyn to Manhattan is tough. So I turned down a job um, coaching lacrosse because of distance, but I hope to get back there one day. Maybe one, one question I had remaining was, um, since you're working over at the school now, did, any, did you forge any connections over at Brentwood Library that helped you transition over to working over at the school? Um, maybe when I was subbing, maybe when I was subbing, it helped me get into, um, you know, how to become a substitute teacher. But in the only other connection I forged was, um, with the job coach that, um, brought interns over to take that step to, the job that I was doing between subbing and getting my full-time uh, teaching job. Um, that's uh, an important um, relationship that I forged. Excellent. 
do you have any comments that you wanted to say about working at the library? It will always be one of my favorite memories of all time. And it's something that I'm very thankful for. It helped me for my career that I'm currently doing. It's setting me up for my future because I was able to pay into the pension program. And I'm very fortunate and thankful for that opportunity. We'll always, always enjoy that opportunity. Oh, thank you so much, Robert, for uh, coming on to the show today and sharing your thoughts and your memories with us. Uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time out for this. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Anytime. Have a good one now. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you again to Celia and Robert for taking the time to join Brentwood Stories. And thank you, as always, to the Brentwood Historical Society for making this podcast possible. Keep listening for more Brentwood bios coming your way soon. Today's music was brought to you by Dr. Turtle. You can find this track and more at freemusicarchive.org. 